I want to know more about my Lord, don't you? I want to know Him. Amen. Just a closer walk with Thee. It's an old song. <clears throat> I'm not exactly sure what to do. I haven't been settled real strong all evening. But I know the Lord knows what we need tonight. I know He's already given us what we needed in the preaching already. He's been good to us these nights. And I praise Him for it. <clears throat> I might say a few words and if it turns into preaching, I'll, I'm willing and want to if that's what the Lord wants. <clears throat> in Jeremiah 6, very familiar verse, <clears throat> This is a very claimed verse by a lot of people. Uh, Jeremiah six sixteen. <clears throat> he said, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths. Where is a good way? And walk therein. And you shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. <clears throat> and if you read on over in the book of Jeremiah, about the 18th chapter, <clears throat> he said that they had forsaken the ancient paths. And uh, uh, he said they would walk in paths and in a way not cast up. <clears throat> they had forgotten God. They had an attitude of rebellion. And it was available to them. But they just said, we don't want to go that way. And this has been a long time since this happened in the days of Jeremiah the prophet. But this happened to an earthly people the people that God chose to be His people, a people that He set His name upon, a people that when He told them, I didn't choose you because you were many, because you weren't, you were few. But God said, I've loved you because I've loved you. And it was, it was really hard to understand, but God has, had blessed these people and had His hand on them. He called them His people. He said, they're my people. He called Moses through a burning bush and when they were in bondage down in Egypt and God sent Moses down there and Moses said, God, I've got a, a stammering tongue. I've got a speech impediment. I, don't, I can't speak for you. And God said, Moses, who's made man's mouth? And so he got down to willing to go. And he said, well, if I go down and tell Pharaoh what you've told him to let my people go, who am I going to tell Pharaoh I represent? Who wants the people let go? Who sent me? He said, you tell him I am. And who is I am? He said, I am God. And Jeremiah spoke for God and God said, the I am said, tell them to ask me. Tell them to seek out, as the brother preached, to look for me to find the old way and the old path. Now, they walked an earthly path and we walk a spiritual path. They walked a literal physical path. And as God led them, as many of them as they were, and there were a lot of them, no doubt they left a trail. 
and along the trail. The brother preached about them crossing the waters and laying up the stones and, and they, as they would travel that trail and that path, they would beat it down. It was a, a trodden way. And he talks about it here. No doubt there would have been a path from various, various places to the, up to Jerusalem. David said, I was glad when they said unto us, let us go up to the house of the Lord. And no doubt there was a path that David walked, that David's father walked, and uh, that Abraham and I, that since the temple was made, that they walked, you know, up to the house of the Lord. Of course, we know prior to the temple that, that they did, the movement was intense and the tabernacle would move. And then we know about God leading them out of Egypt with a strong arm and bringing them through the Red Sea and bringing them in. I was reading there earlier where they come into the land and eat them. He wouldn't let them go through. And, and he said, you can't pass through. And they said, we'll, we'll just take the king's highway. And, and that's, they just wanted to go through. They said, we don't want any of your stuff. We're just, just passing through on this trail. And a, and a trail leads somewhere. And a way leads somewhere. And, and God says to them, God says, I've got a path for you. Your forefathers trod it. And along that path, that path led them to me. That path led them to experience me. That path led them to see my hand. That path brought them, as the brother preached, into relationship with him. And, and God said, I, I made that path. I led them in that. And he said, it's a good way. God said, you can have it. Walk in it. You can walk in it. It's a good way. But in their rebellion, they said, we will not. It's old path. It's an ancient path. And I've heard a lot of preaching. I will say this, and then I, I'm not thinking of anyone who I've ever heard preach on it, but I've heard a lot of preaching on it. And, and, and a lot of it, to be honest with you, is just words. I've heard the old past described down in these mountains and it's a different thing that comes to mind when they think about, y'all think about the old paths, then some people think about the old paths, they think about a little country church that they went to. They think about a pew with no pads on it. Different things like that. They were scared back where I, I was at and I know there was no doubt fear in the mountains when, when people began to prosper and <coughs> they was better, better able to do better and they would build better buildings. I've seen churches that and heard stories where they was afraid of carpet. <coughs> they was afraid of modern structures. They thought that was going to hinder them from God and, and they got it in their mind and what they done, they, they got away from the way in all of this thinking. And they got to thinking and they got to making God all these things as the brother said of their imagination what, what God was and what God wasn't. And they, they thought, you know, if we make it easier, you know, if we make too comfortable, that, then people might not be humble. There's, certain, there's, some, there's some logic to that. Uh, air conditioners, they, they struggle with that. They struggled back home with putting bathrooms on the church house. They struggled with building fellowship halls. Many still do. Uh, they struggle with building Sunday school rooms on. Different things like that. And they would call that, and if people did that, they would say they're leaving the old time way. Uh, when certain ways and styles of preaching... Uh, using notes, different things. They, that's the old, in the old days, they didn't do that. 
But, you know, uh, when we think of old days, or I do, uh, my daughter picked up a little old cob of corn down there one day, and it was a year old. It just had fell out of a little crib and laid on the ground, and the weather had beat it, and the rain had beaten, and the sun would come out and dry it out. It was probably a pretty good size at one time, but it just shriveled up. Wasn't that long. I got on the got on the gator there, and she said, I've got you something, Daddy, that's real old. And I said, what is it? It's wrapped in a little piece of paper, and it was that little cob of corn cob. And it was all shriveled up, and she said, that's got to be from back in the 90s. But it was old to her. And she wanted me to tell her stories. I was way back, she said. But I can remember the 80s and, and then people when they think of the old time way, they think of the 50s. They think of, some remember the 40s. And that's the old time way to them. And then that old time preacher, you know how he preached. And these things, they're wonderful memories. But they told Brother Larry Winkler when he was just preaching the gospel and the way, born again way, they said, and he was peculiar about that, about knowing God, about feeling God and being God being real, and how that certain things that he would reject when 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 people became so intellectual that they didn't know about God's holy touch anymore, and it's all head knowledge, and 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 in doing so, uh, they forsook the way. There are those in uh, the book of Peter, he talks about uh, in the past, they forsook the right way and they went astray. They hewed out cisterns and they were broken. They were wells without water. But when we, the, the way is the Lord tonight. The way is the Lord. And they told Brother Winkler, they said, we don't know if we can go your way. You're wanting to have real prayer meetings then, then, and, and things like that. And he said, you're wanting to do things the old time way like they did a hundred years ago. He said, no. He said, like they did 2,000 years ago. And so if we're going to get back to the old pact tonight for us, they were earthly people, but we're a heavenly people. We're a heavenly people tonight. I mean, we're a, a people that are born from above. They were an earthly people, and they were the people that Christ came to. They were actually His flesh and blood, and He came to them. They were His own, but His own received Him not. But as many as would to them gave He power to become the sons of God. But they rejected Him. His earthly people, His people rejected Him. And you can read in the books of, book of Acts and the Acts of the Apostles as Paul was called called of God and he would be the chosen one who would go and be the apostle to the Gentiles and you see a phasing out of these people that God had called and been with and who was promised a kingdom and a Messiah and their king had come but they didn't like how he came and they rejected him they didn't understand and there was like a veil and a blindness fell upon them because of their unbelief but Paul said be it known to you that this gospel that you've turned away this message that you've rejected will be going to be sent and the Gentiles are going and he said they'll hear it they'll hear it and what is the, the message what is the path what is the old time way what is the way Jesus said I am the way the way is Jesus <coughs> and it is a good way he tells them if you walk in this way you'll find something <coughs> you'll find rest there's a lot of restless people 
There are people who feel like we, you know, back in the day, there are people where I was raised, them old timers never took a vacation. They did it. They weren't as stressed as we are. And I'm not against it. Sometimes we just need to get away. But they, they kind of never felt like that they needed to really. It wasn't something that they felt like they had to have because life was slower, life was different, and they was home, and they walked with God, and they was content. But we are, as the brother said, we're too taxed. We're too overcharged. We, we're too, we were overcome with it all. And it's robbed us of, of the peace of God. It's robbed us of the rest that comes in knowing Jesus. There's been country music songs wrote about the front porch that nobody has anymore. People reminisce and they long for the old days. But we can't go back to them. We'll never see the 50s again. We'll never see the 60s again. And then we can accept defeat and we can say it's too far gone. We The old paths are gone. The old preachers are dead. But it's not, it's not in all of that. It's in Him who said He would never die. Because of Him there's hope and 2022 when the whole world's crazy for your babies tonight because He lives. <coughs> he said, Thomas, in <coughs> John 14, He told them, He said, I'm going and, where I, and the way I go, you know. And they's like, we don't know the way. Show us the way. And He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He said, uh, no man can come to the Father but by me. He said, they said, show us the Father. Show us Him. Show us that way. Show us God. That's who we really want to know. And He said, you've been with, this, with me this long and don't understand that you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. And He said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. I am the way. It's been simplified tonight. He went ahead of us. The tabernacle, while it was yet standing, had all these foreshadows and figures, and it had, you know, it was broken down. There was the veil in the temple. The high priest would go so far. The people could go so far. You know how they did. It's just so much there. But there's a, while it yet stood, the book of Hebrews tells us that the way in to that holy veil was not yet made, as long as that first tabernacle was standing. But Christ, when He died on Calvary, that veil of the temple was rent in twain and He opened up a way. And God took two people. And I'm just kind of giving you some stuff tonight. But God took two people. God took the Jews and the Gentiles and brought them together in one body and gave them both access into this way tonight that we call, it can be called Christianity, salvation, but the Spirit-led way. It's a way of knowing God. It's being born again from above. It's being plate baptized by the Holy Ghost into Christ. Knowing Him. Having experience. If I tell you that a church has got away from, and I don't use the old time way too much because in my area it's very confusing. Everybody's got their idea what it is. But I'm telling you, if I tell you that a place has got away from what I would call the old time way, I would say they've went on their own way without God. They don't need Him anymore. And that's the day. 
Churches don't need God to operate anymore. They don't, preachers don't have to pray to preach. They can just preach because their head's so full. I mean, they know. I mean, quick. I mean, everything. They don't even have to look. You know, I knew this young preacher back home. God called him to preach. He didn't know how to use concordance or nothing. And he was sincere. But he looked for three days for a verse. And I was like, man, I wish you'd have called me. I could have told you where it was. But he looked for three days just praying and looking. I mean, he was so... But but what I'm saying is information. We're in the information age. But it is what the brother said. We know a lot about God, but we don't know God. They walked a path, and God walked with them. That's the old time way, is walking with God. That's the old time way. And God's real. Do you want in it tonight? He told them to ask Him for it. Ask them. Stand in the way and see and ask for it. And walk in it. It is a good way. I had an experience last night. I was telling Brother Andrew, I had the same experience at our church. Brother Andrew come one time uh, to preach at our church and God, the Holy Spirit told me two times that we were as a church body and especially us, uh, us men and leaders in the church were supposed to wash his feet while he was there in the service. God said, I want you all to wash his feet twice. I, I, you know, and some of my area is familiar with that. Some of us not. It was going to be a big crowd. And I thought, you know, I don't know. I mean, I want to make sure this is God. While Brother Andrew was preaching, he was preaching about the smith over there where they said, if we can kill that smith, that blacksmith, if we can kill him, then ain't nobody can make a weapon for the people to fight. He was preaching on that smith. It had nothing to do with foot washing. But I was sitting on the pew and I said, God, I said, if this is what you want, I need to know. I don't want to make a fool of myself. I ain't in this thing for show. But if this is ordained of you, it was out of the norm for us to do it. Even some of my people had never saw it. But I wanted them to see it. If that's what God wanted in an instance, I can't explain it. Brother Andrew turned and started preaching on foot washing. Instantly. Instantly. We washed that brother's feet. He shouted for a solid hour. I want to tell you in this day, when you get God programmed, you've left the old path. You program God into being what you think He is and He can't work outside of what you want Him to. Listen, if tears make you uncomfortable and broken hearts in the assembly, you've left the old path. If you don't want to hear nobody get happy and say hallelujah, you've left the old path. You've got too dignified for God. God wants humility. God wants worship. God wants us to be humble. God wants our pride to be laid upon the altar and He will exalt us in the power of the Spirit of God. And walking with God is not based all on a shout. I'm not saying that. But you go to some places and you just give God the glory, then it's out of order. God don't hang around that. So I do have in my mind what I believe is the old path and the old time way. I'll just tell you a little bit about it tonight. I believe God's real. I believe God's so real. He's got a mouth and He talks and He's got a voice. And I believe I've heard it tonight. I believe God loves me. I believe He left heaven in the person of Christ and came to this world to die for me. And I believe it'd be pitiful that if He could tell me and do that for me and not let me know whether I belong to Him or not. 
It's real tonight. This way to these people have brought, I mean, they've seen supernatural things as they walk this path. And if we'll get in the path in, the, in Christ, in the way tonight, and be filled with the Holy Ghost and yield ourselves to Him, we'll see His mighty hand. I don't think we're supposed to seek experiences. I think we're supposed to seek Him and the experiences come. The charismatic movement teaches people to seek the experience. We're supposed to seek Him. He is the way. But if we seek Him, we'll have experiences. We'll have moments of intimacy. Some of them will almost be so holy that we don't even want to talk about them. Do you believe that tonight? Yes. I had that happen with Andrew. I was sitting there last night in the pew. Brother Jason was preaching about Benjamin and Joseph and all over, all of them over there. <clears throat> and a voice spoke to me and said, There's a cup involved here. I was just sitting there listening to the preaching. And, I, and all of a sudden, he started preaching about victory was won in that garden when Jesus said, If a cup won't pass, if, if it's no other way, I'll drink the cup. Of course, there is a message in that, in Benjamin's cup. And, but that was the Holy Spirit of God. See, we, that's the old path, is walking in the Spirit. The old path is being led by the Spirit. God's hand being upon your life. God will wake you up at night if you want to know Him and call you to prayer. God will have you sometimes to go the extra mile to show you something. God is real to you and you'll have a relationship outside of the preacher won't have to hold you by the hand all the time. And that's what we've got away from. We've got away from these things that I think are the old time way. We've, we've moved from them. But they're available still to us to know God, to walk with God, to get close to Him. Some people are criers. Some people leap inside. Some people leap outside. But is God real to you? Is He real? Do you know the touch of God? His touch on your life. His hand on your life. Just moving inside, speaking to you, becoming real to you. That's the old path. That's a path He has for you. God has a walk for you, individual, personal. It's amazing that every one of us can have our own personal walk with God. That we can know God. Do you know God? It's the, I'm so interested and I'm just amazed in the things that God does just in the things that He does for His people. And I, I would think sometimes that God would do these great amazing things for uh, preachers who I would consider sold out, you know. I would think God would reserve these special times and things for just them men. Not me. Not just common me or common you as we might feel. But some just people who loved Him people who never preached, people who come in the church and just sat down and was faithful and loved God and had a, I have just I just hear stories of what God, how real God has been to them and it's just amazing. I walked in a church back home and I'm doing my best tonight. Like I said, I wasn't sure. So I'm just, I'm just kind of, this sounds, and I never did use this word sharing, but I'm just kind of giving you some things as God kind of brings to my mind. But I went to the church and there's this lady. She would testify. And, uh, you know, it wasn't always just over the top. 
But she got to talking about her love for her husband. In their early marriage, he got called off to war. And she thought she was just going to die. She said, I thought I was going to die. And she said, I would write letters. I would sit in a chair. She said they'd be doing chores. And she said, I believe she called her mammy. Just come up and said, honey, you're going to have to just put this in the Lord's hands. You're going to just drive. I mean, she was really grieving so. She thought he wasn't ever going to come back. And many of them didn't. Many of them didn't come back. But she said, one day, I was just sitting, I just went in this church and I just sat down out the road from the house. She was testifying. She said, I want to tell y'all what God done for me. This was a 60-year-old story. She said, one day I went out just alone and sat down on a little road bank. And I was just sitting there. And she said, I just told the Lord I couldn't bear it. That I had to hear from Him. That that I had to hear His voice. And she said, there was a little breeze just come up that little gully and up that holler. And she said, as it came, it rustled in the leaves and it flipped the leaves up. But she said, it carried a voice with it. And she said, it come right to where I was and it spoke to me. It says, don't you worry. He'll be back. And with that voice, she said, there was just this deep, settled peace come into my soul. And she said, I couldn't worry about it when I wanted to. Most churches in this day don't even believe in stuff like that anymore. They, and there has been so much fake stuff. And as I said earlier, and then when you do tell something, somebody's going to seek that experience. And you, we got to be careful even telling these stories because somebody's going to think, well, I must not be saved because I've not had such experience. But what you need is not their experience. You need your own. That's what he preached tonight. You need your own. And when you get your own, you wouldn't trade it for a thousand worlds. I don't know if it's going to be a touch. I don't know what it is. You need, as, as, the, as the brother preached tonight, you need your Ebenezer stone. You need your stone laid up and you need it to have meaning to you that time in your life. Back home in the day, I would hear this every now and then. They would say, I laid up a stone. I laid up a stone and it had significance. They, they got alone with God and God gave them something that was precious to them. And it was an anchor in their life. It was a milestone in their life. It was something that Satan, as he buffeted them maybe, or, or, or whipped them or challenged them and tried to just keep them ran in a corner all the time and living their life in defeat. They didn't have to go too far back. They could say, I can't go. God was real right here to me. And nothing can take that away. And I'm going to hold on to that. We need that. We're going to need this more. These, these, this walk with God. We're going to need this in the coming days. We need it now. It's not, not necessarily more church services that we need. It's more meetings with God that we need. Amen. It's not nicer buildings that we need. I thought about you all. I prayed for you all. I don't know the future of this church, but I promise you uh, that God's not limited uh, by the end of this little place here. If this is where you stay until He calls the church out, if that's His will, that's perfectly fine. Don't let it eat at you. Just seek Him and walk with Him. 
If He wants you to have the other, He can give it to you. But don't think if you got the other, you'll have more of Him. Because He don't dwell now in temples made with man's hands. He don't need it. It's you He wants to have. He wants to walk with you. He wants to be in you. He is in you if you're saved. He wants to ride with you to work. When you drop the kids out and you got a few minutes, He wants to talk with you then. He wants to speak to you through those songs that you sing, that you listen to. He'll speak to you through them. I preached this morning to the kids how God reveals Himself in creation. We're so busy now, we don't see all around. We're just going. We don't see God. But He's still there. He's still there. He hasn't went nowhere. He ain't like Baal who couldn't hear, who he said he's asleep. Is he gone on a journey? Paul preached to a people. They had an altar and even had an inscription on it to the unknown God at Mars Hill. He said, you're worshiping Him and you don't even know Him. And your worship is ignorant. He said, I'll declare Him to you. I'll tell you as the brother preached, he said, if you'll seek Him, you can find Him. He's not far. He said, from every one of us, he said, what it is, is we are in the dark. And we reach out in the dark. But in that darkness, we get a hold of something. And light comes, and that's God. We find Him because He was reaching for us. That seeking sinner finds a seeking Savior. And we get to know Him. And that begins what we call a relationship. And that's what Christianity is, is a relationship. There's people back home that don't know they can't feel God outside of that building. They, they, they got to get everything they're going to get in that one Sunday morning hour. And if they don't get it then, they're just deprived till, they, till somebody blesses them again. That's not it. That's not what God wants us to settle for. That depletes you of strength and power and you'll live your spiritual life in defeat if that's all you've got to live on. But God wants you as a brother priest to know Him. He wants you to know Him. I'm glad it's a good way. It's a spirit way. It is a real way. We've forsaken it, haven't we? People have said in their rebellion, I don't want that. I don't know why they do that. But I really don't think that true, born again, spirit indwelt believers, I think they want it. If you know God, there's a part of you that wants it. There's a pull on you. There's a pull inside of you and a call that comes to your heart. Come, come to me. Come closer. Hear me. And God does do that for you. And you know if you're saved, you know a little bit about what I'm talking about. I would, I would try to inspire you by the Word of God and by the help of God to go deeper with God. To not let things pass. Things that God has said in this meeting, don't let Satan come and strip them away. They would have said back home, and some would even still say now, to have a three-night revival is leaving the old-time way. They wouldn't have in my early ministry, and some of them still would not even entertain the thought of having a meeting less than a week and a half. Because they just don't. But we can't limit God. We're in this hustle and bustle. And God has given you this time. God has given you these nights. And God has given you His Word. And God's preached to you through His Word, through the Spirit. If you'll take that, it'll bless you. It'll help you. 
I'm going to get out of the way here, and I don't know, I don't know whether, and I'm definitely not the pastor, Brother Logan is. I don't know whether it'll be next Sunday morning's meeting, or it'll just happen in time to come. But you as a church body, you that collectively get together, you don't need to have to sit on the pew and wonder where your brother or sister's at in this thing. The Spirit of God will prompt you and impress you to get up in front of your brothers and sisters and tell what God's done for you. We call that testifying. Sometimes in the old time way, it'll just take the meeting over. Sometimes your preacher will come in here, he'll be weak and weary from the battle, and he'll have searched for God, and he will have made himself available to God. But God, God, it might not be that God ordered another sermon. We're about preached out. We've heard so much, necessarily more preaching. It's not what we need. It's doing something to what we've had. And so God's going to speak to you. That's what they did in the old time way. That's what they called it. And I I think that's right. When I said to myself, how on earth will they know that they need to literally stand up and testify? The very night I got saved, I got saved and I got up and I didn't say a word. I just looked to the side and I done like that. And that's all I did. And we worshiped God. They knew what that meant. They knew that I meant yes, yes. And uh, we worshiped. And, we, and I hugged some of the people two and three times. It was packed like sardines in that little altar place. And we worshiped God. And they shouted. And others shouted. And them old saints would testify and weep. And tell us how proud they was for us. And tell us how good it was. I mean, they was talking to us. Straight to us in the church. How good it was to know God. How happy they was for us. My cousin come up. Said we're kin now. Two ways. He said we're spirit kin and blood kin. And he said that little old spot that you was born again. He said that's the very same place that God birthed me in. And we just rejoiced right there in the meeting. And it had died down. I went over to the side, Brother Tim, and I stood there and they was testifying probably an hour or two after I'd got saved. And here come a little inward flutter with a knowledge that I cannot explain, with a knowledge that I could not put in words. But it was an understood thing in my heart that God wanted me to speak up for Him. Do y'all believe that's real? God wanted me to speak up for Him. There are places that that's not even a notion. They go to church without even a notion of it. I believe there are people who want to and don't even know they can. There are preachers who honestly, uh, I have, I heard recently, saw this guy, he said, you see that? He was trying to preach and he'd stop and say, there's a baby crying, there's a baby crying. May God help us. Thank God there's a baby in there. And I'm not even, I'm not even extreme against a, t- a nursery or a place for a lady to take a baby if she needs it. But we have just went our own way and left God out of it. There's no certain way to do it. It's just humbleness and humility and listening to God and obeying Him. But sometime, I believe this, and I think I I feel comfortable telling you this. If this meeting helped you, sometimes the redeemed of the Lord just need to say so. 
a brother was preaching and, uh, and he said, he was preaching and just every little bit he'd come across something and there was a lady back in the house that would say, So! And he said, I'd preach a little while and she'd say, So! And he said it was somewhat, uh, uh, you know, I didn't understand it. And he said, I finally said, Preacher, what's she doing? He said, what's it sound like she's saying? He said, So! He said, she's saying so. He said, one day I come in here and said, let her deem the Lord say so. And he said, every time the Holy Spirit gives her a little nudge, she just says so. And he says, I'm not going to stop her. She don't need to be stopped. There's a man up at Brother Hanley Milby's church where he pastors at Union Chapel. His name was Bob. And Bob was somewhat, you know, a little slow. Somebody probably met Bob. I mean, Bob was that fellow that if you didn't want to talk a while, he talked real slow, you know, but God had been good to him. I mean, that's the way he was. He'd catch you, and I'd be sometimes preaching. And Bob would catch me there and want to talk to me. And I was wanting to get think about my preaching. But one morning they come in there, and none of God's people had nothing to say. Nobody had nothing to say but Bob Bob said preacher I want to tell all y'all God's been nice to me that's all Bob said they said Bob said down and everybody went to crying and brother Milby said that one time they said quieting the disciples down they're making too much noise master rebuke your disciples and he said if they hold their peace the rocks will cry out he said Bob's an old rock this morning a crying in our place and we'll all be ashamed he said they got to weeping and crying and got to standing up telling about how nice God had been to them. How long has it been since you talked about how nice God had been to you? Do you realize I was preaching this last night? Eutychus, his name was fortunate. He's fortunate. You're fortunate tonight. You ain't strung out on dope. That's not, I know you can't, you can't manufacture a shout, but sometimes we don't slow down long enough to let it get in deep enough for it to come out. But you get to thinking about it. He'll at least make you... I was in a meeting back home and they're real reserved where we're from, more so. More so than you all are. But they're kind of reserved. And I was in a meeting and I'd got around it and I'd seen people just so freely wave their hands, you know, praise God. And as a lady come to where I was passionate, once she'd do that, and they said, she's got a little hole in this background. You know, Baptists, they didn't much... But they did. They used chapter bonnets off, but they'd got away from that. They'd left the old path, sounded to me like. But he said... She, you know, I, I got around that. And I'd feel like doing that. And I would. Where y'all are, <coughs> I'd do it in other places. I've had God say, hold your Bible in there, and I'd do that. I'd just feel it, prompt to do it. And He'd bless me, when I, and I'd just, I just enjoyed it. Y'all, some of y'all know my mother-in-law. It was, I guess, at Sullen's Branch, the first time I ever seen my mother-in-law, Mimi, we call her, raise her hands. She got the victory. She'll do it now. She'll ne- when she talks, a lot of times it ain't just, I mean, it ain't got a lot of just thrust to it. Sometimes it's just a calm way. But boy, God will be in it. God will be in it. And some of them days when I'm, as a pastor, I'm just needing to hear something from the people that I labor among and I preach to. Sometimes she's the one. She'll say, I just want to tell you what you preached helped me. Your pastor needs that. Your pastor needs that. I want to encourage you to let that be a part of what you do. And I know y'all believe in testifying, but don't sit on it. Let it out. Don't take your candle and put it under a bushel, but put it up on the stick and let it shine. I was at a church locally there. This family was singing. 
Oh, the Lord got in it. Started touching my heart. They didn't raise hands there. They might cry 